Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear, and then we talk about it. This is page 505. Dayden was as different from Tempe as one man can be from another. He was tall, wide, and thick around the chest and neck. He carried a heavy sword, a long knife, and wore a mismatched set of boiled leather armor, hard enough to knock on and often mended. If you have ever seen a caravan guard, then you have seen Dayden, or at least someone cut from the same bolt of cloth. He ate most, complained most, swore most, and had a stubborn streak thicker than a broad oak plank. But, to be fair, he also had a friendly manner and an easy laugh. I was tempted to think of him as stupid due to his manners and his size, but Dayton had a quick wit when he bothered using it. Hespi was a female mercenary, not as rare a creature as some folk think. In appearance and equipage, she was a near mirror of Dayton. The leather, the heavy sword, the slightly weather-worn and worldwide attitude. She had broad shoulders, strong hands, and a proud face with a jaw like a cinder brick. Her hair was blonde and fine, but cut short in the fashion of a man's. But to see her as a female version of Dayden was also a mistake. She was reserved where Dayden was all bravado. And while Dayden had an easy manner when his temper wasn't up, Hespi had a vague hardness about her, as if she were constantly expecting someone to give her trouble. Martin was the oldest of us, our tracker. He wore a little leather, softer and better cared for than Dayden's or Hespi's. He carried a long knife, a short knife, and a hunter's bow. Martin had worked as a huntsman before falling out of favor with the baronet whose forest he attended. Mercenary work was a poor job by comparison, but it kept him fed. His skill with a bow made him valuable despite the fact that he wasn't nearly as physically imposing as either Dayden or Hespi. The three of them had formed a loose partnership some months ago and had been selling their services as a group ever since. Martin told me they'd done other jobs for the mayor, the most recent of which involved scouting some of the lands around Tinue. It took me about ten minutes to realize Martin should be the leader of this expedition. He had more woodcraft than all the rest of us put together and had even hunted men for bounty once or twice. When I mentioned this to him, he shook his head and smiled, telling me that being able to do something and wanting to do it were two very different things indeed. Last was me, their fearless leader. The mayor's letter of introduction had described me as a discerning young man of good education and diverse useful qualities. While this was perfectly true, it also made me sound like the most wretchedly useless court dandy in existence. Not helping matters was the fact that I was younger than any of them. End of the page. My name's Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I sort of get a vision of Hespi on on this read, but not on my first read, as uh, her being similar to the Lady Knight in Game of Thrones. Similar to Brienne of Tarth? Yes, that one. That said, based entirely off the television show, as I have neither read the books nor seen the full show. I've just seen a couple of episodes and she's been in them. But, like, she seemed kind of, like, a little gruff and, like, very badass. (laughs) She's described as looking a bit more like Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Brienne than the Brienne of the books is because the Brienne of the books is not just supposed to be like a a woman. She's supposed to be like ugly, <laughs> like, like got hit in the face by the ugly tree, ugly. Uh, and Gwendolyn Christie is not, but I take your point. And I feel like these books are both kind of, of an era where people, fantasy authors are, are trying to like, insert less kind of like stereotypical gender roles into their books. And I think Hespi is an example of that. I also think that the way Quoth describes Dayton and Hespi gives us a real sense of like their, their personality archetypes. Cause you know, 
if you wanted to break them down into D&D classes, they're both fighters. But Data comes off as like a kind of a a bravo, like a braggart who maybe isn't like, you know, he's all hat and no cattle. He maybe couldn't really back it up in a fight. He maybe, you know, maybe he's big and strong, but maybe he's like not actually that good a fighter or he'd be like easy to outmaneuver or outwit. But he, you know, he comes across as a real hard man. Whereas Hespi, who is like kind of less aggro about it, is probably actually the more dangerous and capable person. Yeah, possibly. I don't know that I necessarily read it that way, but I see how it can be read that way. I read it as Hespi as having more to prove, or at least have having as like has had a harder time of it. Dayton as like a big tough man in this world, which is certainly one where there are gender stereotypes, has probably had an easier time of being a mercenary than Hespi who as a big tough woman probably has more to prove and like gets messed with more often. So it seems like her, you know, both assessment of her as like constantly being ready to be messed with constantly sizing up everybody to like, see who's going to mess with her next says to me that she has like not had an easy time of it. And it's a bucking of stereotypes in that, you know, it has, there's a female mercenary and it's not commented on as being particularly unusual, but she's still very much taking on the character of a woman in a man's world. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that one of the critiques leveled against Rothfuss and Kingkiller is that it is a chauvinistic world in the same way that the real world is. And there's a attitude nowadays among some parts of the fantasy set where it's like, before you echo the issues of the real world, ask yourself why you're doing it. Uh, why bother having a world where uh, men are the dominant gender or why have a dominant gender at all, you know? And like, I think that the ADEM is a reaction to that is like maybe, you know, Rothfuss flexing his muscles in that direction. I don't think it's a bad thing to have Hespi. Uh, I like Hespi a lot. I think she's a really interesting character. And I think that the, the, the mercenaries, the three mercenaries, especially Dayton and Hespi are very well fleshed out and really do kind of undercut our expectations of them. So I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm like criticizing these characters or this part of the book because it's they're some of my favorite and it's some of my favorite as well. Yeah, I'm sort of excited to re-meet these characters because I feel like on my first read, I was sort of taken aback by like this, what felt like a drastic shift into sort of like an adventure that was unlike the adventure Quoth had already been on that I didn't really take the time to to like pick apart the characters. So I'm excited for what is coming. I think, Nick, that our reading of these characters is more aligned than maybe uh, you thought. Because I think that Hespi's attitude comes from like not wanting to provoke conflict, not wanting to have to prove her mettle yet again, because she's already had to do that a bunch. And she absolutely will if one provoked her, but she's not going to seek it out. Whereas I think Dayton is, is a less is a more insecure person than she is. And is so is constantly having to prove to everybody what a tough guy he is, because that's how he thinks that you establish your dominance as like a, you know, a big tough mercenary. And I think that she having been on the other side of it is like, no, actually I know that I'm a badass and I don't need to prove it to the, for the thousandth time to some dickhead who wants to get into a dick measuring contest with me. Reasonable. Well, I think both those reads are are very valid, and that's part of why I like this character so much, because they do contain multitudes. I think that from the start, they're kind of meant to undercut our expectations of 
what or complicate our expectations of what a mercenary can be. And the more we get to know all of these characters, the more complicated our understanding of them becomes, which is delightful. Yes, I hope they come back. I hope that they're not just like bit players in this, you know, day day players in, in Quoth Story. I hope that there's a reason we spend so much time with them. And I hope that there's a bit more of a payoff. I think I'd be okay with it either way. Like, I think I can appreciate the amount of time we spend with them in this book, even if they don't come back. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I land too, especially given the conversation we had on yet another of our fabulous patron episodes uh, coming out in November, uh, which is that much like in The Sandman, these characters are are kind of like part of a, an incident in Quoth's life, and they don't necessarily have to be important to the grander narrative to still make a mark in that incident. But there is something that I feel like one of my co-hosts might have a, a cracked pot to expound on. Yeah, I wonder which one. And it comes from Martin saying, Martin saying that this band has done some other jobs for the mayor, the most recent of which involved scouting some of the lands around Tinue. Hmm. That's it? Yes. Seriously? I, I noted it. Well, I mean, it, it is... Not in itself crackpot worthy, but it is perhaps a piece of a larger yarn wall that we can Mm. stick a pin in because you may recall that I have been nursing a theory that uh, the mayor is uh, about to start a war or is planning to start a war and that the efforts to poison the mayor and uh, stymie the tax flow to him are actually an effort to prevent this war. And if you had a small band of mercenaries and you wanted to, say, reconnoiter the area around the lands that you were thinking of fighting in, uh, this would like be a pretty to, good like group to do it. the verb to scout Truly. a space is, like, sort of vague. Like, what exactly were they scouting for? Maybe. I mean, what do you, when you have an army and you expect to encounter resistance, you send scouts, no? Yeah. I don't know the answer to it, but I'm wondering. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think there's an answer, but Quoth fails to ask it. Quoth's like, oh, yeah, he was. they were scouting. That's fine. That's what you do. I also do enjoy uh, the 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 paragraph at the bottom of the page where Quoth, you know, saves himself for last and his kind of self-deprecating comment about the, la- the mayor's letter of introduction. That made me chuckle. I do think it's funny, but I also think that it's worth noting that Quoth is the one who's down on himself about his introduction and his description, but the team themselves make no actions to show that they don't want him as their leader. Yeah, well, I have a thought about that, actually. They've done work for the mayor before, so presumably the mayor has sent other people to them to quote unquote lead them with a similar letter of introduction because they don't seem too phased, right? They don't seem like, how come they've sent this guy to lead us? We don't need no leader. This is this seems like it's standard operating procedure for the mayor to like send some dope to lead them. Um and you know, maybe they just like they shrug it off and they take his orders and they do the job. Or maybe the dope always gets himself killed and so they just like don't bother getting too close to them. Martin says I wouldn't want to be the leader. Maybe that's because the leader always comes a cropper. Mm. I think you talked yourself into a crackpot theory. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that like they're murdering all the leaders or that the mayor is like intentionally sending people to die. But I do think it's likely that the reason they're unfazed by having some like punk kid show up 
with a letter of introduction from the mayor saying that he's their leader is that they always get some punk kid showing up with a letter of introduction from the mayor saying he's their leader. And they just like, are like, all right, that's the way it is. And that's totally fine. And Quoth surprises them because he actually is capable. But I, I, my theory such as it is, is that the leader they get is usually either a total dolt uh, or like a non-entity and they can like safely ignore him or, you know, they just like go, all right, he's our leader. Like they, they usually have a leader. He's either in and out, one and done, or he gets himself killed. That's my thought right now. It seems to me from the way it's described that they normally just work the three of them and that putting them together with Tempe and with Quoth is in itself unusual. Well, we'll we'll get to that. I don't remember much, but my impression is that they don't gripe too much about having Quoth. And I would have thought that they would gripe. Perhaps they don't gripe because they're just decent people. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Dayton challenges Quoth's authority like within a couple of pages. I, I will I will hold off on on crowing about that until we get to it. But Jordana, you you raised something worth worth talking about, I think, which is that maybe Quoth is being self-deprecating because he is insecure. Like, what am I doing on this mission? These people are all like hardened fighters with multiple weapons on them. I've got my loot. I play songs. I like do some light burglary here and there. You know, I know some cool sympathy tricks, but I'm not like a, 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 a mercenary or a uh, bandit catcher. What am I doing in this outfit? Yeah. I mean, I would feel that way too. If, if I was in Quoth's position, <laughs> but right. Except of course that Quoth is brilliant and resourceful and has a, a mean streak when he feels like it and has many useful, like, Again, the mayor, the mayor's description of it isn't incorrect. He does have diverse, useful qualities. But when you say it that vaguely, it's not like this guy like took down a dragon with like what was in his pockets at the time. You know, like it's all about how you frame it. Indeed. Do we have anything else we want to talk about on this page? I think we're all done. Then let's move on. Yes, and we'll see if I get to crow on tomorrow's page. Of the, the- way. way.